Hello and welcome to the Pulsation podcast coming from the New Woolsey Theatre as part of Pulse 18 Festival. My name is Dave and I've been speaking to some of the acts who showcase their work here in Suffolk over the week. On Friday the 1st of June, or Suitcase Day, I was joined by the Backpack Ensemble who had just performed an early scratch piece called The Lightbulb Man. The Backpack Ensemble are a young theatre company who come across as confident theatre practitioners who really enjoy their craft and seemed adept and happy with the processes of devising shows. Uh, Their style is very warm and gentle and this sort of comes across in their conversation too as we talked about their past and present and future projects and the joys of OHPs. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to It's Just Been Named the Pulsation Podcast <laughs> nice. okay. by Sophie Woolley. Thank you for that. Thank you for her. Um, I am here uh, with the Backpack Ensemble. Hello. Um, who, if you'd like to introduce yourselves, please. Yes, uh, I am Simon. I'm the artistic director of the company and direct the shows as well. I'm Sam. I'm the playwright and I also perform in the shows. I'm Elliot. Uh, I am a member of the group and a performer. <laughs> and I'm Jordan and I'm the musical director of the company. Brilliant. So we've just sort of come off your play uh, only about an hour ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel it went? Okay. I should be more positive with that immediately. Yeah. It was great. Um, <laughs> I think we were really happy with how it went, but we were. All, it was kind of the first time we've really we've shown it to an, to an audience at all. We managed to kind of show one person before we before we travelled down to Ipswich. So so completely fresh to us really, and it's mostly been made over the past week. So it's yeah. been trying to kind of fit it in between people's work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to ask you how long has it taken to develop? Did you have an idea for Suitcase Day that you scrapped and then started again with? or, or Actually, uh, yeah. So um, You got that feeling. Yeah. So we, <laughs> From the introduction, to be honest. So we, we were part of a, a festival in Lincoln at the Lincoln Performing Arts Centre. They do a festival called New Evolutions each year. And we, we had been developing our first show and we were taking that to a few places so we just we took that recently or around that time sorry to National Student Drama Festival and places like that. What was it called? That show is called The Search for Black Brown Albatross. Okay. Which will be coming to Pulse Presents on okay. the 25th of September. 25th of September. So yeah another date. Yeah um, 2018. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that'll be kind of after we take that to Edinburgh and okay. uh, things like that. So what did what made you turn it around and, and develop a new show quickly? I mean that's quite a confident move. Yeah I think it it was actually just to while we look to progress that in in different ways aside from kind of the creative process to to be able to be working consistently on on something next and actually I think we're quite happy to just be having something ticking away in the background while we do it so actually so when we are when we have a bit of free time we can actually be working towards something suppose um, for us it's a way of seeing if we don't just work as a one-show thing. We actually work as a mm. group that makes theatre. It's not just kind of, mm. okay, we've done something that worked, let's just do that over yeah. and over again. Yeah. The, first, the first show we made together was made under very different circumstances to what we are, how we're working together now. 
Um, so I think we're still kind of finding our feet in how mm. we make theatre as well. So how long have you been working together? So uh, just recently, a year, I think. So actually a year, a few days ago, was the first time we performed the show. So just a little over a year, our first show, that is. And it was actually through our university. We all went to the University of Lincoln and we all met there. And there's a couple of other members of the company that aren't, aren't, aren't able to be with us today. But we, we formulated actually as a, through a university module. Um, called Theatre Company, and actually, there's a few few theatres, uh, theatre companies, sorry, in Lincoln that are that have come about from that module, and it's actually kind of a growing community of of university graduates from Literally Lincoln. Literally creating theatre yeah. companies, yeah, <laughs> just churning them out. Um, <laughs> but actually, it's it serves as a university module in the way that you're marketing it and things like that. But also, I think we kind of always took the approach of actually we should build this as not just something that is for an assessment but something that we would look to continue is that something that you've always wanted to do i think i chose to go to lincoln for that module i don't know about you but yeah Um, that was my that was my selling point it was a big part for me it was yeah it was the opportunity to meet local peers and then create a show and hopefully a future Mm. with you know things that you that all of you can see and get along with yeah see I feel I'm on the not the opposite end but I think it's one of the things that comes from being around an environment where you study this kind of thing that you can go in with one notion of what you want to do and then three years down the line be completely in a different position so I started wanting to do teaching I think was my big thing and just kind of through working with these people and working with different people people that are also in the company you start to see that something actually could work from it we're not trying to force in like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to make success of it, but it's just kind of naturally starting to work. Mm. Yeah. And actually that comes back to what you were saying in terms of the the reason to want to start making a new show quite so soon is because a lot of the foundations of the company were, were built in tandem with the first show. So this idea of wanting to kind of expose everything in terms of the creative process through to how we are achieving everything on stage and actually trying not to if it's going to be clear that there are certain things that just have to be left to the imagination in theatre yeah. then why not just go the whole hog and just admit that and and try and work within those boundaries and make them make everyone as aware of that as possible so we are quite keen on this idea of utilising theatrical convention and, and kind of making it as obvious as possible um, while incorporating it into into a narrative that we want to tell. I really liked your... Um, so in the play The Light Bulb Man, which we will now move on to, um, your use of, I mean, a fantastic overhead projector is one of the best overhead projectors in the business. Uh, but the use of that and providing a set, essentially, and providing lighting as well, um, I think that worked really well, and it was a really good centerpiece for the whole thing. And it was it was beautiful. I liked the way the of the stairs and the and the lighthouse and its scene setting. I mean, it really was the star of the show. Yeah, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, where did that idea come from? Have you uh, is that an influence or was that sort of? Yeah, I I think I've, this, this is going to sound really. But I've always liked the use of, of shadow and, and in a theatre space you get so much kind of control over, over light that you can be that precise with things. So I don't know if I should credit this, but when I, when I was in sixth form I made a show for like a little extended project and it was, it was a, 
set on a park bench and then the entire set was was built around that park bench using an overhead projector so all of the what what would have been the set is um was built using an overhead projector and i just kind of really loved the simplicity and also the the fact that you could completely see every component that was being used on that and and actually having a puppeteer i suppose visually showing this enlarged image is uh, something that's so simple but actually really gets to the core of what I was it definitely had that shadow puppet aesthetic about it which was good and actually creates a nice DIY feeling because I think we can all when we think of overhead projectors for me the first thing that comes to mind was sitting in school assemblies oh absolutely the the words of hymn hymn sheets (laughs) this is kind of taking what we think of as that and almost in some kind of nostalgic way so how long did it take you to write The Lightbulb Man? Is this, um, is this sort of still at scratch stage? Yes, very much so. So we started working on it actually in January, which was part of that festival that I was talking yeah. about prior. But we, we had a few ideas that we had scrapped and we would meet up and be like, right, really happy with this, go and sleep on it and be like, oh, okay, I don't know. Rest, I'm, rest not, I'm not as keen on this anymore. And so we... So we kept changing it and we decided to make a show about that instead. And we made a very different version of what we what we called the light bulb man. Right. And we when we came to write this, we scrapped all of it, I think. Pretty much. Yeah. So but we, we liked a lot of the concepts from it and a lot of the ideas behind it. But it was just a matter of how we were kind of how we were formulating that story. So you, like you that. edited it essentially. It's, yeah. it's not even a scrapping. You've just like, yeah. that was first draft, just to scrap that a bit, yeah, move completely. it on, yeah. evolve like this, it. For like the last two weeks, we've had like six different versions <laughs> of this show that have just kind of had to be scrapped because when we actually get them, because we're kind of all over the place in terms of the country at the minute, it's really hard to get us all in one room together to kind of say, okay, this is what we're all happy with. So trying to get a head start on the process, I would start writing something. And then when we did get into rehearsals, finally, you'd realise actually it doesn't work with the rest of the cast as well. So we've just been continuously scrapping and scrapping until about Do you use social media or sort of group, so like Google Hangouts yeah, and stuff do. to yeah, develop Yeah, we have done a few times. But like I say, with our first show as well, because we were in a university environment, we had all the space that we wanted. Yeah, and luxury. We, all, all the time. <laughs> we, had, we had to be there because we were getting marked on it. And now... We're all, we're all trying, obviously, but we've all got jobs now, and it's yeah. all... Yeah, it's it's quite difficult, but it's but, it's proven successful so far. Yeah, so, yeah we're all having a good time with it. Yeah. the bulk of what was vastly written by Sam, that was written probably within, I'd say... Four days. Yeah, maybe. about four days. Yeah. Do you write in bursts? Yes. <laughs> but sometimes that's not the best thing for this company, though, as well, because okay. we'll do, I'll do it all in bursts, and I'm like, right, yes, we've got a finished show here, take it in and none of it works it's all that we scrapped at the same yeah. time so it's much better doing it when we're all together in the rehearsal room so we can all have an input in it as well yeah because we do work better when we're actually devising something all together so yeah, mm. yeah. and so i mean it was it felt like it was a, an evolving piece and that you've sort of set the foundations that you could just go off with this story and it says to be continued at the <laughs> end on the overhead projector um where would you like to see it go in its direction sort of yeah, I, so that was a conscious effort, I think, in terms of when it when you are showing a 20-minute ec- extract, I think, and because we don't have a finished piece, we just wanted it to set up a story and yeah. be a story that us making it and also hopefully the audience was something that they, they wanted to, to invest in and, and see it be continued. 
we took a bit of reference from there was something happened by a guy called Kit Williams who wrote a book called Masquerade and he was challenged by someone to write a children's book but unlike any anything that has ever happened before that's a big challenge yeah I'd hate to be on the receiving end of a challenge yeah. like that I think just I'm sure a children's book that no one else nothing. has ever conceived of and it's nothing <laughs> like a children's book but you've got to go and do it but by and yeah, he did he did oh my well, god he, it was cool so it it's, it's a mad. story. It's mad how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> the story revolved around a golden hair, and he created a hair and cast it in gold as well, and hid it in um, a small village. And he, within the within the story, created this hugely complicated. They're like paintings, a series of paintings, and there were hidden messages. Um, but he didn't give you the code to work out. Find how to find the messages wow, to tell kids. you where. Yeah. So for, <laughs> and so, kids. For, so for kids, it meant something completely different, but right. also spurred on this kind of this complete. Um, yeah, this huge treasure hunt that wasn't was by no means kind of a kid friend kid yeah. friendly thing. Um, and I, I think that idea really caught us. We're always, I suppose, quite quite interested in nostalgia and actually trying to achieve this kind of, or at least consider our nostalgia for the past and whether that's a, a good thing or not I, I suppose is a is a larger conversation as well but that's something that we're quite we consider quite a lot I think and so the idea of a treasure hunt is something that like, I remember like writing ones with my sisters and things like that and like loving loving that and that actually I think that kind of idea of storytelling in that way is, heading. Is, yeah. yeah so yeah. so initially it was it was our idea was that it would really head down that road but I think actually it will, it will be a slightly less clear-cut version of that in that Max slowly finds out about this life of the lightbulb man, is, is what he began to refer to himself yeah. once he moved to the lighthouse. And through visiting areas of the town and through revisiting things that he's written, he learns more and more about the lightbulb man. And it's an opportunity for Max, who is a young guy that doesn't really know where he's going or or hasn't really found a particular passion in life that he knows that he wants to, to kind of focus all of his time on. It's a means for him to look holistically at this this man's life and all the lessons that he's learnt and so, from someone that is a complete stranger to them, be able to take away all of these, all of a lifetime's worth of It's not going to become discoveries. some horror movie where Max becomes the lightbulb man <laughs> and he's stuck, trapped in the lighthouse. Well, that was well, that's that, that. story. <laughs> I'll be a draft of this. No, <laughs> yeah. Lost on a Google Drive. Yeah. It is now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got an, uh, an in-house, you're um, the musical director. Did, um, did you have that music already sort of planned or did that, um, was that a spontaneous... I mean, if it's a recent creative endeavour, how quickly did it take you to make so, the music? I think the great thing about having kind of the defined rules here is that whilst we're devising, all of us can kind of focus in on what we do. So whenever we're kind of, we get stuck off on its feet and actually start working, I almost work like how people score films where they'll sit and watch and as they're oh, yeah. watching, they'll sit and add music where they feel it's appropriate. So in terms of this show, a couple of the bits that we used were from this January show mm. that we did. I think because a lot of the themes of the piece itself still have kind of seen themselves through into this new rendition, it felt appropriate that some of the music can also see that through with a bit of rejigging of lyrics and a bit of rejigging of tunes here and there. But for me, it's not necessarily a case of write a song, oh, that's a nice song, let's put it in the show. Yeah. It's seeing 
because we've had a few where we've tried some stuff out and it doesn't work and we can say that it doesn't work so it's back to the drawing board and start again similar with the writing and similar with nice. everything else so it's nice that kind of music can have that place in well, it. Well, it fitted the aesthetic of the piece, I think, mm. really well with the with the images on the projector yeah. and the, the the style of the music. It was they both complemented each other nicely, and it was it was gentle, but it was it was nice, <laughs> warm. Let's let's call yeah. it warm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're back here in what was it September twenty fifth? That's with, with the search for Blackbird Albatross. The search for the black. Browed. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that slightly? Uh, It is... So, the search for Black Barrel and Albatross follows Charlie, who goes on a journey to find the last bird that that her father never found. So, he was a bird watcher, and at a young age, Charlie used to accompany him as they would go into the countryside and, and, and... Twitch, I suppose. Be, uh, be bird... Official terms, yes. Official terms. And, um, he... Pass away before he finds the final bird, which is the black-browed albatross. And she, so she takes a journey into the Scottish Highlands as a means to reconnect with her father. And it's kind of following this story of of loss and um, dealing with loss, which was kind of directly referenced or directly taken from our ideas of what leaving university would be like. Okay. Um, and the loss of a support structure and the loss of... a huge amount of people that we we came to know and enjoy being around in that time yeah and so we yeah we kind of have taken a few of those narratives from how we were feeling about it mm. and it's built in a similar style what we were trying to do with white world man is take a lot of the things we've done in that show and develop upon it but in terms of our set and our music it's it's all live on stage and and we the, we use a oh, overhead projector as well. Good Big old. fans. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. yeah, it's difficult. Once you I use think, it, it's difficult not to yeah. start. Yeah. I think it's. It, it, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a going to be a nice, heartwarming yeah. experience. Yeah. Like this last one was. Yeah. Okay. Well, brilliant. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for uh, so uh, Wish you all the best with your overhead projectors. <laughs> and uh, yeah, cool. Cool. Thanks a lot. I'm just going to press stop recording. Yeah. Now.